We're two rookie real estate investors pursuing our dream of financial freedom through real estate. I'm Josh Koth. I'm Jack Haas. The purpose of this podcast is to share our wins and losses as we build our portfolio in hopes that we can help some of you, our fellow real estate rookies. All right, Jack. Uh, welcome to episode one of Real Estate Rookies podcast. Real Estate Investing Rookies. I should probably say it right, huh? <laughs> well, this is kind of exciting. We're this is this is something new for us, so we're adding it and trying to share what we've learned, what we learn along the way. Exactly, and we're both, as the podcast title implies, real estate rookies. We've both been investing for a year or less each, and we've learned a ton in that time. So we thought, man, if we'd be sitting having lunch together and we said we should have recorded that because we just, you know, there was a ton of good information in that conversation. So we decided to do it. And here we are recording episode one of Real Estate Investing Rookies, REI Rookies. So we thought we'd take an episode each and kind of tell our stories. So I'm Josh. And we're going to start with Jack this time around. Um, so Jack, I'll kind of interview you a little bit. How did you even think real estate was a way to achieve financial freedom? Well, I, I think it got, really started with uh, some of the conversations we had at work over our lunch period, lunch hour. But uh, we explored a lot of things, including storage units and everything. Was, we've been talking about this type of thing for quite a while. So what was it about real estate that caught your eye as opposed to inventing you know, the next iPhone or something you see on Shark Tank. You know, a lot of people have get-rich-quick ideas about inventing a product of some kind. What was it about real estate that made you think that was a viable way of achieving financial freedom? Well, I think most people have the same story. They listen to or they've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. In my case, I consumed that book in like a, a week, if not less. And then I, then I read it again. Like back to back. It's the first book that I've ever done that to. Um, That's so funny that you mentioned that book as we've heard that on many other podcasts because we're both avid consumers of other real estate podcasts. That's how we've gleaned a lot of our knowledge. And universally, that book is referenced. And it's it's insane how, I mean, there's a lot of real estate books out there. But that one in particular sparks people into thinking that it's possible to escape the rat race, you know, uh, achieve financial freedom. And for some reason, that book in particular, even though it doesn't necessarily go into the specifics of how to do so with real estate, it just makes you think that there's something else out there that it's achievable. Yeah, and then there's no question to that. And then on top of that, we're kind of doing a, there was a career transition, if you will, going on. During, you mean work. when I got fired? <laughs> that might. That would be the, the situation there. Yeah, that brings a little clarity into things, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. When, you're, when an entire team is, is let go, <laughs> uh, you uh, start to question the stability of anybody's day job. And how, how secure is it really? Exactly. And I learned that firsthand. I'll tell that in my story at the next episode. But... You know, you, you have a very secure, uh, in air quotes, day job right now. And most people just go through life thinking, well, I'll just do 40 years of that, <clears throat> retire, you know, and maybe I'll have a couple, two or three jobs in that time. But uh, what made you think that I should probably have some other options? 
it's it's the stability of it. You know what what would happen in the situation right now? I'm in a family, single income family, and uh, what would happen if if I in, it was in a situation where uh, I wasn't I went to work the next day and my whole team was let go or what have you? I mean, we, you're in a situation where I want to be in a place where if something like that happens, my monthly obligations are covered. Yep, exactly right. And then on top of it, when that happened, I was lucky, lucky, lucky enough to move from a, a vendor role, if you will, to a full-time employee at the at the company I'm at, and it reminded me to now. Well, we got to take a look at your where the retirement sits because now you're in a in a situation where they're doing employee matching and and what have you, and. Looking at my meager retirement <laughs> made me take a look at where everybody is at, you know, standards-wise across the United States. And, and right now it was shocking that I was actually ahead of a lot of people are sitting today. I mean, Which you were, but if you want a real reality check, go to one of those retirement forecast calculators, enter in what you're making, what you want to live on when you retire, how many years you have to retirement, and it'll tell you how much, how far off you are from your goal or if you even have a shot of achieving it. And that typically also means a drastic reduction in lifestyle when you retire if you want to achieve you know, any sort of uh, relaxation. Well, that's exactly the case. I mean, today, right now, a person who's 65, 70 years old on average has got about $150,000 in savings mm-hmm. where they would where they would need actually $1.7 if they wanted to live on just a simple $55,000 a year salary. Yep, and that's, that's the one switch that flipped for me, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and just other real, real estate investors, learning from them. Um, if you try to save up that giant pile of cash and for, through 40 years of working and live off the interest that spins off, uh, that's typically not going to uh, result in a very, you know, end in a very good result. You're probably going to have to reduce your lifestyle drastically, and most people won't even get there. And best case scenario is you get there and then you have to reduce your lifestyle and live on about typically, you know, two-thirds of what you were making. Whereas when I retire, I want to hopefully have an improved lifestyle, not a worse one. Yeah. So in the end, real estate investing is the, one of the few avenues, like you had said before, you know, how many of us are really going to hit those home runs associated with making the next iPhone Mm -hmm. or making the next Spotify or making the next whatever app. The, the likelihood there is very low. That feels like a lottery ticket like a lottery win as opposed to something that's actually achievable. Right. So when we're taking a look at all of those numbers, there is ab- there was absolutely no way, no way for me to save to retirement. <laughs> There's just no way. Yep. And exactly. decided that I had to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now we had had conversations about real estate. No. So how did you think it was going to be possible um, you know, because one thing it's one thing to dream about. Oh, I'll just buy a bunch of 
rental properties, but you know, that's point Z, you know, all the steps in between, how did you think that was going to unfold? Well, I, I think the big misconception that I had going in was the amount of money that was needed to get started. Mm-hmm. Because really, it doesn't take as much as people might think. Right. Um, you don't have to save up enough to buy a rental property. If you can get yeah. a really good job with or a good relationship with a lender or... It's really a people business as much of an acquisition business. (laughs) And that's, you know, the power of leverage, which we'll get into in future episodes. That's such a huge wealth multiplier um, that you need to take advantage of, uh, especially when you're starting out with not a ton of cash. Um, Ideally, that is the way to start out if you have a ton of cash. It's much easier. Um, But I think through having less it actually develops your skills more because you're forced to do more with less. So, uh, okay, keep going on your story. Well, that's really really going to be it. I mean, I was just absolutely convinced that it wasn't, it was really a huge mental shift mm-hmm. to, we've, we have been fed the idea of saving and squirreling money away for frankly, all of our lives. I mean, if, if any financial education was provided to me in mm-hmm. school, it was focused on putting stuff into savings account and hoping it grows enough. And then you, just spending a little less. Don't get that latte. Yeah. I'm going to call it the myth of compound interest. <laughs> right. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's an utter myth because, frankly, money in an account of any kind, I have never seen it significantly grow. And a lot of those predictions are based on very, very optimistic, if not perfect forecasts, which as we know, in typical paper investments, you're not going to see those, uh, you know, regular high rates of return in order to get the ideal amount of compounding required to actually get you to your goal. Um, And yeah, that's so crucial. In reality, typically people don't see that. And especially riding the ups and downs of the stock market, you know, where people would typically invest in mutual funds, getting those guaranteed stable rates of return is very, very difficult. You know, and then we we, we see those situations where we put money into an IRA or a savings account of some kind, and we hope for the best. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really know what's in those uh, in those accounts. Right. You know, we don't know what our holdings are. We don't really have a lot of say or anything that we physically can do mm-hmm. to drive the value there other than, well, you know, keep adding money to it in the up markets and the down markets. It's all going to even off and, mm-hmm. and you're going to, in the end, see a benefit. Yep. Yeah, that's such a crucial point because when people, you know, you get naysayers in your family asking, well, isn't real estate investing risky? Well, and I respond with, well, at least I have some control over what happens there. Uh, As opposed to in my mutual fund, I didn't even know what companies were in it, much less have any say in how they were run. Um, You know, I don't exactly know what's going on in the boardroom at GE or much less have any control over how they vote and how they spend their money. So <clears throat> I felt much more comfortable being in control 
of of my cash and and my investments on what, what I was doing. And real estate's one of the only methods where you can have that type of control. And you can adjust depending on the market. Mm-hmm. So if during a down market that we are just coming out of, that's ideal. That's a dream. That's a dream come true for a real estate investor because that's when you can take advantage of some deals. Yep. And just so any listeners know, we're based in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, so we have kind of a unique economy up here. Um, you know, which we'll get into in future episodes um, and how we've adjusted to that marketplace um, and, you know, how we how we make adjustments based on what's what's happening at the time. Because you do have to be nimble and respond to, you know, the different market conditions as far as for rental markets or the you know retail market or wholesale market or anything else. So we'll get into that in uh, future episodes as well. Yeah, but that's, that's a really good and valid point. Like uh, there's a lot of people who get into the real estate market who get, and we've seen this even locally, Mm -hmm. where they get very focused on buy and hold. They get very focused on flipping or wholesaling and they ignore the rest of the market and what's actually going on. Yep. And it's so crucial to evaluate what's going on and know your numbers so you can you know, make adjustments. And once you accumulate a certain amount of properties, you need to see which ones are performing, which ones aren't, and then uh, make, take action on, on the ones that aren't and to improve them or get rid of them and transition them into higher performing assets. Um, so <clears throat> this whole podcast is going to be talking all about our journey, what we've learned in the last year, what we're learning every day. We're going to bring in some guests that we know locally um, you know, people involved in the real estate business here bring their perspective and, uh, hopefully, you know, every week we'll deliver, um, lots of nuggets of knowledge, uh, to you guys as we learn them too. And frankly, us talking about this to people really helps us understand it better as well. So that's, you know, one selfish component for doing a podcast, uh, you know, I, I would have loved to have talked to some people starting out right when we did as well, um, kind of share that journey. So I know there's lots of people getting into real estate investing, so hopefully we can all learn together and, and that's what we'll do. So throughout the episodes here, we're going to have some regular segments. We have, we're going to have our, our Twitter account set up. Do you know what that is, Jack? Yeah, it's just REI Rookies. REI Rookies. So at REI Rookies. So if you have any questions for us, send them to there and we'll answer questions. And like I said, we're an open book. We uh, don't claim to have all the answers. We're no gurus by any means. We're learning right along with everyone else. Um, but if we've picked up some knowledge along the way, we're happy to share it. Um, we're going to talk about We're going to have a lesson of the week, as we call it. That'll be something uh, real estate specific that we've learned. And then another segment called the Coach's Corner, where that's we're going to speak to a personal development tip or a book or a quote or something that's inspired us. Um, I guess for this week, our tip is pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you haven't already, uh, you probably have if you're interested in real estate at all. But I, like Jack said, I read that book. I've read it twice this year also. Um, it's a great, great refresher if you if you haven't listened to it in a while. So that's kind of uh, our first episode. Uh, look for one every week from us. This has been the REI Rookies Podcast. Remember, get off the bench and get into the game. How about three?
two, lunch, <laughs> lunch. Three, two, three, one. two, lunch. <laughs> three, two, lunch. That's the. This has been. <laughs> Damn it. This has been the REI rookies. That's really hard to say. I know. Yeah. The REI rookies podcast. <laughs>